What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor. Good old humor, yeah. man. And today we are going to be talking about something that we have spoken about in the past. Yeah. Uh, but with the person at the center of that story. Yeah. And uh, one of your biggest phobias also, lah, right? Center of, I mean, not him, lah. He's at no, the center yeah, of one of my phobia, biggest yeah, phobias. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he is none other than Maushan, who is with us in our studio. Yes. And he is an entomologist. Mm. And he recently made the news, I think a couple of months ago, when he discovered a species of cockroach in Singapore and named it after a Pokemon. Mm. Yeah. And we did cover that in an episode. Yes. Uh, and I remember back then, we were like, oh, it'd be so cool to talk to this person. One of our listeners said, oh, uh, they can put us in touch. And here we are, man. Yeah, the, so, that's the power of the community. Like, not, not even put us in touch. Like he was somewhat related to him. Uh, so that's why we're here talking to him right now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Fu Mao Sheng. Fu Mao Sheng. Yes. Welcome, man. All right. Yes. Thanks for having me here tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, today. <laughs> today, yeah. Today, yeah. Yes. But uh, yeah, like uh, the, you know, the, like what we're talking about, what you got in the news recently for was uh, really for giving the new species of cockroach that has never been found in Singapore before, uh, naming it after Feromosa, right? The yes, correct. Pokemon character. So uh, the truth is, honestly, I'm not, uh, I never played Pokemon. And uh, yeah, cockroaches not exactly the biggest fan ever. Yeah. So those two worlds colliding also was to me like, huh? But, yeah. but what is it for you, Harish? Like, like what, what interested you? Uh, I mean, I also have not played Pokemon. I know of Pokemon, <laughs> but I hate cockroaches. <laughs> uh, at various points in my life, I have thought I've gotten over cockroaches. You know, when I tell myself, okay, what is this six-legged insect going to do to me? Mm. I'm th- like hundreds of times its size. It's fine. I go through this whole process. The moment I see a cockroach, I turn into a little, little child <laughs> and mm. I freak out. So mm. same thing. When, first of all, there was a story about a new cockroach being discovered in Singapore, which made me think, oh, fuck, there's still new cockroaches to discover. Uh, and the researchers from Singapore, uh, it just felt pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So for you, like, what was the, what um, was the significance of this discovery la, that, that, uh, that really made it such a newsworthy thing? Uh, the significance of it, uh, I would say that in the, when it comes to like the Pokemon fans, right? Mm. Uh, there's actually a group of us who actually feels that hey, uh, we have come a full circle. Mm. Yeah, correct. Because if I think maybe uh, because of there's so many generations of Pokemon, yeah. I think certain aspect may have been lost. That you know how did actually Pokemon first come about? Mm. Mm. Yeah, and actually first come about is because uh, Satoshi was the one who actually uh enjoys catching insects. And mm. from there, he said, hey, maybe let me get this experience to share with uh, the others. Mm. Sorry, Satoshi is the, uh, the, the character. Oh, uh, no. Uh, that's, a, that's the character's name in Japanese. Yeah. But the creator. Oh. Creator. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, right. okay. So he created this game, Pokemon, and then he decided to replicate that same experience, like going out into the wild, to the grasslands, oh. catching all the different animals. So he liked catching insects in real life. Yes, correct. That oh. was his uh, childhood. Oh, shit. Yeah, so then um, how did all the different Pokemon comes about, right? Yeah. It's because it's actually inspired by the different animals that we see in our world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, Pokemon we can see that can draw relations. It is very similar to the real life animal we have seen. Yeah. Mm. So uh, in uh, expect, you know, when we want to name our co- new cockroach, we decide, hey, maybe we should name it after what it has been created. Mm. Yeah. So Feromosa was actually also created, uh, inspired by the real life cockroach. Mm. Right? See, and that is the 
cockroach that we tend to hit the most. Uh, the American see, cockroach. See. <laughs> and it's called pheromos. Uh, uh, no, it's not pheromos. Uh, it's not, it, but it's based on that common yes. cockroach. It's called the American cockroach. Yeah. Oh, shit. Top feared cockroach globally. Mm. Top feared in the sense of not because of disease or anything, just because of it's what the it house, is. La. It's the household cockroach. Yeah, the household la. cockroach. Uh. So, oh, okay. So, so maybe just how do you get into entomology in the first place? Were you also like Satoshi wanting, enjoying like observing insects and all? <laughs> or was it you like Pokemon first and then yeah, you became, right. uh, then you <laughs> yeah, interested I, in insects? Right. I actually enjoyed uh, looking at insects since I was in kindergarten school. Oh, okay. Yeah, so from there, I was like, you know, usually when kindergarten school, it's like, okay, it's time for lessons, right? Students will, mm. other, before the lessons, uh, students will go out to the playground, they play with uh, each other, play balls or any marbles, mm. so on and mm. so forth. I'll, I'll be like, you know, maybe near the bushes, near the trees, like looking mm. for, okay, what new insect or what new animal I might find around the area. Okay. Oh. Yeah, so, and that's about the time when I first start to, you know, enjoy keeping animals as pets. So mm. basically your insects. Yeah, and then when it comes to a primary school, right? Uh, there was this uh, young scientist award, mm, mm, right? So okay. young scientist, young scientist award. There are like different uh awards, right? There's like young uh, ontologies, young zoologies, mm, right? Mm. And there was one category called the young entomologists. Mm. So I thought, hey, this is something that I can relate to. So mm. I pick up that uh project and then start to work on okay, to meeting all the requirements so that I can get the award. Okay, oh. yeah. So, so that means like it was interested in insects first or animals, small animals in general? I would say insects first. Do you remember your first insect you saw that made you go like, wow, I like insects? Uh, I would say it's ants. Okay. Ants. Yeah, it was ants. So I think that one is, tend to be very common around our parks in our house. Mm. But uh, let's say my first insect pet, I would say is the cockroach. Oh, oh my <laughs> God. So actually, yeah, interesting, but like... um. Do you, do you ever look back and wonder why is it that, uh, yeah, as a child you were interested or fascinated with insects, but then, you know, you see so many people, adults, grown adults and everything who can't even like, they just shrink up and shrivel when they see insects like or cockroaches or anything. Like. Is, there, is there something, you, you feel that it's something that is just a, you know, a nurture thing or is it like in our nature that some people are just more scared of like small crawly, creepy, creepy crawlies or what? Um, if saying to be more scared of insects or like saying cockroaches in general, I think this one is something I would say is like a kind of a generational, generational curse or a generational trauma oh, that's being okay. passed on. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for me, I don't think I have that. Mm, right, mm. so uh, since I've just been curious about nature around me, so insect was the one that, uh, the first uh animal I have in contact. And oh. from there, I'm like, okay, I'm interested in like uh, how it uh eats, uh, how it actually lives its life. So okay. then I just just the curiosity just keeps growing and growing. I see. Yeah. But when you say generational trauma, you mean like the parents are scared of insects. That's why they teach the children to be scared of insects. Or they yeah. force feed you insects or something. No, <laughs> no not really. <laughs> so, so uh, I mean, if it took me a while right, to try to see and check with like same, some of my students also, and they, they do have that particular phobia. Uh, some of my friends also do have it. So I'm just trying to find out you know, exactly where this fear actually comes from. Uh, Whether yeah. is it something genetic or is it something that is learned behavior. Um, but from my own experience, I would say that the... Um, it's kind of about learn fear. Mm. Yeah. Because if mm. you were to look at it, right, you can come to babies, right? Yeah. When they f uh, first started out with health, they actually are fearless about what's around them. Mm. Right? To the extent, you know, if any you put anything, any object in front of them, right, they are maybe quick to like, uh, just take it and put it into their mouth. Mm. Right? Yeah, they don't yeah. care whether is it 
poisonous or is it something harmful? You just yeah. take it and without any fear at all. Yeah. But then, so if they are born into the world with this kind of mindset itself, mm. so where does the fear of insects or say the fear of cockroaches come from? Mm. So I would say it's come from the way they actually mimic the actions of the adults. Mm. So if you are an adult in the area itself and together with like the baby or the kid uh, in the, the the same area, they find a cockroach and the adult starts screaming away. Oh, yeah. So the baby will like, oh, when you see a cockroach, I should mimic the same action. I should start screaming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in a, way, in a way, they have learned that, okay, you know, when it comes to cockroaches, I should scream and run away. Ah, okay. Yeah. okay. So it's learned, you're saying it's learned fear. Because recently, like I was uh, looking at images of isopods. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're deep sea creatures that, that have very, almost like skeletal kind of structures, mm. almost like giant. Like caterpillars. Uh, like that, yeah, right? like giant mm. bug almost. And uh, I can't, I, I mean, I'll admit like, it did send some shivers down my spine because it reminded me of like, you know, cockroaches. And, and then there's that Taiwanese restaurant. That's yeah, so, so, exactly. So that's what I was looking. So that I, one, I'm like. Yeah, I don't know whether like, so to me, then I realized, oh, so it's not about the small size of it and the fact that it might go in my ear or anything like that. It's just some sort of uh, irrational fear about how they look that makes yeah. me that makes me but, react like that but at the same time do you like lobsters? I mean I, I have eaten that, yeah, yeah. but if a lobster was crawling would you freak out? not as much uh, not as much yeah, yeah so that's Strange, the thing right? because lobsters are also known as the cockroaches of the sea right? yes correct right because mm. they are the bottom scrapers and all but there's something I agree that I support I saw it and then I saw it on top of a bowl I'm like why the fuck would yeah. anybody eat a bowl of noodles that has an isopod on top? So, so what you're saying is that there, are there any fears at all that are ingrained that we are born with? Or is everything something that is more nurtured? Something that is more nurtured. Something mm, more nurtured. Yeah, correct. Uh, Plus, sometimes I think also when you look at something that's totally unknown to you, yeah. you, know, you are, the, the fear of the unknown, right? something that's different from you, you start yeah. to feel like, okay, maybe this one could be potentially dangerous, right? something that is uh, could be harmful to you, you might well, just mm. want to stay away. Mm. So uh, maybe okay. that is why it kind of like expert, uh, how to say, uh, makes that fear uh, to be irrational and something that you, you know stays with you. Mm. So, so when mm. you were growing up, there was no one in your house that was scared of cockroaches? Um, <laughs> I think... Maybe my parents are uh, kind of like say uh, could be, but they don't really show it. Oh. Right? Or at least they say, hey, when it comes to cockroaches, okay, let me just stay away. Right? Okay. But they don't like start screaming or start having to shout, calling for help or like, a distress call for. Oh, no screaming. Yeah. Okay, okay, no screaming. So, but, but were they always, uh, the people always like give you a very shocked face when you tell them that you have a pet cockroach? And everything. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, what? Why are you keeping a cockroach? This Aren't they like dirty or uh, they carry uh, diseases or yeah. bacteria that you know, could actually harm your, your health? Yeah. Yeah. So this is always their first reaction. Uh, yeah, yeah. Afterwards, I explained to them, you know, not all cockroaches are the same as the American cockroach or oh. the German cockroaches. Oh, so your oh. pet cockroach wasn't an American cockroach? Uh, if I remember correctly, it should be the American cockroach. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But that was I, how I got the pet, right? was because you know, one day I was like kind of a bit bored and curious. Then I saw something that's scrolling across through the kitchen. I was like, okay, let me keep that. <laughs> and how big it was up. it? How big was it? It was a very small one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'll probably like say uh, 1 cm in size. Okay, so and, then, and then you caught it and then like you kept it in like a, yeah. a glass jar or in a container and then I feed it uh, pieces of apple. Oh. And then you saw it grow? Uh, uh, well, because... It's a child where your attention is really short span. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like within two weeks, okay, I thought I'd just let it go. Oh, and it grew how big in I have no idea. I, just, oh. I just let it go and then I don't know where it goes. Wow. And then you will catch another one. 
Then after that, itself, I can't remember. I think I move on to another uh, different kind of insect, like ants or your praying mantis. Oh, yes, oh yes. okay. Praying mantis, I remember in school also, oh, some yeah, people yeah. had praying mantis, some people had spiders. Yeah. Then yeah. there was that beetle that you get as a larvae. Yeah. And then it Oh, molds. the mealworms. Yeah. Uh, the yes. meal, oh, mealworms, correct. Right. Right. So, but um, how, how does it go from, you know, keeping pets and young scientists award or young entomologists award to like be studying it as a PhD and everything like like in between all that, was there was there any pressures or something? Maybe you should think about doing something else that doesn't deal with insects and all. Is uh, that your family talk to you and all? It, that actually did come across to, uh, my mind before. Oh, right? okay. So because when I see the young scientists work, right, they see that oh, these are the different potential jobs I can do in the future. Mm. Right? Uh, but at the time when I was young, right, uh, saying doing work in the biodiversity field, in the nature field, uh, it's something... Uh, not practical, right? Okay. In terms of, I like, say, our Asian culture. Mm. Right? Asian culture, usually like Asian moms will say, oh yeah, you must become a doctor or an engineer. Yeah. But you want to become, say, an entomologist. I think some of the responses I get say, oh, you want to uh, own a pest company or you want to do <laughs> <into> <laughs> pest control? I'm like, no, no that's not what I want. <laughs> like, there, do you know entomologists who have gone on to set up pest companies? It's like killing your love, <laughs> la, right? <laughs> You know um, insects. <laughs> some maybe somewhat in that sense is for certain uh, entomologists. Uh, but uh, most of the entomologists uh, will actually just go on to do their research or go into like say, being a manager of a certain yeah. nature reserve and stuff. Oh, so yeah, actually, yeah. For for those people listening and all, right, like who don't know what entomologist does, uh, what is your day to day work? like as an entomologist so day-to-day work itself is I what I do is you know, I usually go out into different areas of Singapore sometimes outside oh. the country right to survey like the different kind of insects that are present in the areas okay yeah so my main aim is basically to document all the different kind of insects that we have uh, in Singapore or say in Southeast Asia mm. yeah so you get to know okay you know what are the different species that we have because a lot of these insects are still undiscovered. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, okay. like compared to, like, say, our mammals or birds, really know okay all the different species uh, that is being present. Yeah. Any new discovery is very unlikely. Ah, uh, mm. so I mean, literally, you are like putting on like uh, long pants and and long sleeves, or whatever. Then going out to jungles and and these environments and just sitting there and trying to catch uh, insects or what? What like like as in what does it mean to survey? Uh, the area for insects. I think what you say is actually quite is uh very uh quite true. Oh really? Yeah. So just going to the area and then like going through the bushes, going through the grass, looking at the trees, oh. uh, using a net, going around catching them. Oh, <laughs> oh for really? real? Yeah. But you, then, you you have a license to do it? Yeah. So on we actually get the permit from uh national parks. Oh yeah. Shit. It, so so like how often do you go out? Um, I say we need pass year itself. January on average, almost uh, every week. Oh uh-huh. yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. And Singapore, the where's the hot spots that you usually go to 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 go and find uh you know uh, insects and you know? all. Usually the hot spot would be like say our nature reserve. Uh, uh, okay, I know okay. say like Bukit Timah or the Central Cashman Nature Reserve, yeah. right? Or even like say Sungai Bulo or Pulau Ubin. Uh, yeah, areas that you know where uh it's kind of like off limits to the public. Like those okay. will be the areas that are of uh, higher interest. Ah, uh, and you go as a team, like suppose not uh, yes, just correct. not just alone. You go there and then like with a, with a net and everything, and just catch insects. That would be a bit similar that in being a bag views in going to some <laughs> yeah, into yeah. the wow. So so that means like uh, when you go in, that means you go off the paths that people normally go, and you really go in. Like. Yeah. And when you go in, 
Like, do you have a hunch what you're looking for or is really like, let's just, this place, I haven't surveyed this, let me go there and catch some stuff? This is both. Okay. Yeah, okay. I work in both ways also. Uh. So it's like, okay, I know what I want, right? then I'll just try to look for it. Because mm-hmm. certain animals will live in certain uh, different parts or the niches of the environment. Mm. Right? But if in case, like say, this environment is still unexplored, right? mm. then okay, maybe I'll employ a different kind of a system in order to get as much as possible to know what's in that environment. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So it's really like you, you kind of, um, is there a KPI that you set for yourself like in terms of how many insects you want to survey on this on this time you go out or what? And how many hours a, how many hours at a time do you do that? I mean, on average, I would say I can take up uh, just one day itself to do the survey. Sometimes mm. we also carry yeah. out into the night or so. Oh, okay. Uh, because there are some of these uh, insects that are actually nocturnal. Yeah. Right? Mm. So they only come out during the night. So we, we oh. want to see, you know, what's the difference that between the daytime as well as the nighttime. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but then there's no like, okay, I must catch us. Uh, I must find a certain number of insects every on this one trip or anything like that. La. Not really. Not as really, long as we okay. get some insects itself, then we can, okay, we're good. Maybe it could be something uh, different, something new. Mm-hmm. Like, first, as we go along to the survey, we also can get an idea on how like the population may have changed over time. You know, mm. how is it being affected by the weather mm. or affected by the environment? Depending on what kind of environment we are looking at, or maybe say possible say is there any uh human factor that might actually impact on uh, their population? Mm. Oh. So, so if you had to like label a guess, like how what percentage of insects in Singapore remain undiscovered? Okay, so I. I think at this point in time, we roughly have about, say, 6,000 species of insects. Identified right? in Singapore. Identified, uh. right? But not all of them are, say, name, name species. We just know that okay, this is a potential new species. But we project maybe it could be about 15K or even more of uh, the species of insects we have just in Singapore. So it's like oh. 30% essentially what we have now. Like the ones that have been identified, la, potentially. Kind, yeah. Holy wow. shit. So there is a lot of room for discovery yes. and, and finding new things. Wow. And and I mean, Singapore is very, very biodiverse, right? Compared to other countries. Yes, it is. Because we are in the trop- tropical, tropical zone. rainforest. Correct. And like, how often do new species develop? Okay, uh, developing or say uh, having to describe new species is not going to be an easy path or so. Uh, mm. Yeah, so like say for the uh, nauticular pheromosa, the new discovery itself, right, we have, kind of have to compare to uh, like other species, right? And these other species right, can be found in other countries. Mm. So uh, in the past, usually people, what they would do is that they'll go to like, say other museums, other, other institutions, right? To look at species and make comparison. Whether is it the same or are they different? Oh, I mean, what I meant was oh. like, let's say the total number of species, assuming it's like 15,000, right? Is there like some sort of stat that says over time with 15,000 species interacting, there will be a background creation of new species. That means in like 10 years, it'll be 16,000. In 10 years, like every generation, there's a new, there are new species being created as we speak. That is actually a good question. It's actually a possibility. Uh-huh. But that one will still remain as a big question for now. I see. Yeah. Because if you want to look at, say, how uh, animals evolve over time, right? Mm. It's likely that insects can evolve faster than the other animals, mm-hmm. right? Because of their uh, lifespan, it's actually shorter. Mm. So it's potentially, you know, maybe after times because of climate change, right, or global warming, with the environment changes, right, insects will adapt. Mm. Right? So you know, the adaptation oh. itself, maybe certain insects may look a bit different from uh, the past. Mm. Yeah. So so it's like, uh, like, do you have a favorite spot in Singapore where you find the most, like, or just something about that whole experience is very zen, is very calming, 
where you have the highest chance of finding something new or you don't want to say because people listen and then they go there. <laughs> I think people will do know that usually like say our nature reserve like Bukit Timah and the essential catchment, uh, this will be the main hotspot. Hot yeah. yeah, correct. Mm. So those are the ones that are still in a way uh, largely unknown to us scientists. Golly. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah, since you talked a little bit about it, but the discovery of the Nocti, Nocti, what, Nocticola Feramosa. Nocticola Feramosa. Like, um, can you just walk us a bit through like how that happened? Because I read that there was some, uh, also some involvement from um, some overseas uh, colleague as well. Mm. And uh, like, how, how did that whole discovery happen? Yeah. Like? From the time you went there, you saw the cockroach and then, yeah. So uh, it started out in uh, 2016 when we wanted to do a insect survey in Bukit Timah Nature Reserve. Mm. Okay. Right? Because uh, people have known, okay, we have seen butterfly, we have seen some beetles, but uh, what are the other insects that are being present there? So mm. we decided to do a survey uh, and then we uh, have the, about one year plus of uh, survey of the insects. And from there, it's like, okay, we get to know, okay, what are the different ones that we have not discovered. So uh, for me, because I started off uh, having to work on uh, cockroaches uh, as well as termites or so. So from there, I started, okay, I have a stronger focus on you know, what kind of cockroaches might be present in Bukit Timah. Mm-hmm. So along with my student of mine, so we work on it and try to see, hey, you know, this particular cockroach looks a bit different from the rest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. sorry. So uh, the one thing that struck me out was that this cockroach is a little bit hairy compared hairy. to the other cockroaches that I don't have any hair on them. Oh. Yeah. So, but because I was still kind of uh, new into this uh, cockroach, uh, the uh, taxonomy itself, right? So I thought, okay, maybe let me share it with, uh, say, uh, online. So in case any researchers who work on cockroaches, they can actually say, oh, come and have a look in this and work with me on, say, you know, whether is it a new species or is it a species that uh, has been discovered in other countries but not, say, uh, discovered in Singapore. Mm, yeah. Mm. So it was only about, say, one or two years later itself, I received an email from uh, Mr. Christian from Philippines. Mm, right? mm. Then he told me, say, hey, this cockroach looks very interesting. Uh, I want to have a look at it also. Mm. So that was when we start uh, corresponding to each other and then uh-huh. uh, trying to share information about yeah. this uh, cockroach. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, we, he, together with his expertise, because he has been describing a number of cockroaches for a number of years already. Mm. Mm. So from there, he actually uh, compared with other species itself and found out, hey, this one doesn't match any of the described species on the global scale. Mm. Then we said, oh, then we talk about it and then along the way, we found out both of us actually like Pokemon. (laughs) 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 I was like, oh, that's a strange coincidence. Uh. Yeah, so it was like, then we thought of the way, okay, they say it's a potentially a new discovery. Uh-huh. Like, what should we actually name it after? Oh. Yeah. So we had a few ideas or so, but then we feel that it's not going to be impactful. Mm. So one thing in common that we both share itself is that we do know that we say compared to other insects, like say butterflies, dragonflies, yeah. right? They're all well-known. Right? Yeah. They are charismatic or let's say uh, they're actually much more popular among the public. Yeah. But when it comes to other insects like cockroaches, people are, tend to be more fearful, mm. right? Mm. Uh, and then there's always that so stigma saying, oh no, cockroaches are all bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. People are like, ready to take out flamethrower and just burn any cockroaches they see. So we thought, okay, maybe we should try to change the perspective of the cockroaches. Mm. So we thought, since we both like Pokemon, and then we know how Pokemon actually originated, we thought, maybe we should actually name uh, the cockroach after a Pokemon. Mm. Yeah. I think this was also kind of like uh, prompted when there was the discovery of three new beetles in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah so it was named after the legendary birds uh, Pokemon. And then we thought, yeah, let's do 
something similar. Mm. So we thought of like, okay, which Pokemon should we name it after? So we were like looking through the entire Pokebo- uh, Pokedex list and then we find, yeah, maybe we should name it after Feromosa since Feromosa was first inspired by Cockroach. Mm. Yeah. Uh, wow. But also because Feromosa has those like wings or, or, or uh, the, I don't know what you call them, but they also kind of look like the 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 cockroach that you discovered as well, like, where the wings are sort of like a bit lifted from the body and yeah. a bit translucent and everything, like, right? Correct. So uh, it's not just the uh, how they how it looks, right? Mm. So it's because of the actions, so oh, right. Okay. So in the in the Pokemon series, uh, Feromosa is known to be very quick, oh. uh, right? It always scatter around. So we, when we see our live specimen of this uh, nautical cockroach, we thought, hey, the behavior is very similar. So mm. it kind of like uh, in, they tell us, you know, we should actually really name it after mm. Feromosa. Uh, and, and how big is the cockroach? Okay, I think this is something that uh, most people actually do not know or mm. at least say in the media, they don't really uh, give a proper description of it, right? So, uh, the American cockroach that we see at home right, is probably, let's say, maybe in, say, uh, 3 to 5 cm. Right? Mm. It's quite quite big. But this cockroach that we see is only less than 5 mm. Five mm. what? It's very tiny. Oh wow! Less that's than five mm. Yeah. What oh, is tiny? <laughs> how do you even? How do you even see it? And 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 like in the, in how do you even see it in the uh you know in the jungles or whatever on the nature reserves, such that okay that's like I'm gonna catch that you know like so, it's just sitting there or what? I think it's uh, we base it on like hey, we have known that there's a particular group of uh cockroaches around here mm. and we get the idea okay what is their general size and then where they might be actually living and okay. from there we can actually zoom in okay this is actually the potential location where we can find them so we are keen eye then we look say, hey, there's something scarring oh, maybe there's a cockroach catch oh catch. so it's not you take like one scoop you take a bunch of leaves and all then you go back and look no, uh. <laughs> and that's actually uh. another method we also use uh. but uh-huh. this one literally you saw it scarring yeah wow oh it's my less god less than 5mm because wow. when Terrence asked like, oh do you see I'm like Terrence come on like, they probably just take a big bucket uh, take a bunch <laughs> of leaves and then go back and then see <laughs> But you actually look for something scary. No, yeah. Oh, wow. shit. So it's less... Yeah, none of the articles mentioned that. Yeah. yeah, none of the articles actually mentioned how big or small it is. Do you, do you have any side, uh, theory why? Uh, I have no idea. I think it's just trying to sensationalize, sensationalize the news itself. Oh, okay. They don't want to sensationalize the news. I, I have no idea. As yeah. in, if they said that the cockroach was that tiny, maybe people, people would be like, oh, oh you know. Yeah. But if they imagine that it's a bigger it's, one, then they'd be like, oh, wow. Uh, but actually, just uh, curious, uh, like how does this discovering a new species and then officially naming it work? Like, is there, like, I'm supposing that you, you authored a paper about it and then you just declared that there's a name, lah. But given that this is like a, you know, Pokemon is like a Nintendo thing and all that, do you have to check with the creator himself or the, the company, you know, Nintendo? So we actually the follow name? the footsteps of uh, others who have actually named a new species after the Pokemon also. Mm. Okay. Right, so we just follow the footsteps of them, you know, and then you see, they just name it. Okay, fine. Which, mm. What are the footsteps? So I think generally is because uh, what they do is, you know, going around, see, okay, is this something new itself, right? Will they gain any profit from it? But no, we don't gain any profit from mm. having to name it or so. Oh, so okay. it's like, okay, just go here itself. But I think usually when it comes to Pokemon, right, you know, if you say profit from them, right, oh. from the, the naming or yeah, something yeah. else similar, right, I think that's where things may get a bit more uh, conflicting or... 
uh, bit of a hassle. So, yeah. yeah. So that means like, is it a, is it like a, I'm sure it's like a badge of honor as an entomologist to have discovered a new species, right? Actually, for any zoologist, you know, you discover something new mm. is something of a badge of honor for us. Really. It's a badge of honor. Right? Yeah. So, so now like, um, is is it? Are you have you been added to a new WhatsApp group of people who have like discovered uh, species <laughs> or new insects or anything? Mm, not. There's no any group that I know of. <laughs> Clubhouse, yeah. uh, join the Clubhouse. Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is there like any specific card you get that you have named? Oh no, we don't. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But but, like, but sorry, yeah. that means the. But so that what you're saying is that um it could have been named uh like anything else up to the two of you lah. Basically, the two of you had the. Could dictate entirely how how what it was yeah. what's the name of the cockroach. Correct. Like, is there any uh, any clue what uh, what other names you were considering? The other name that we actually did consider was actually naming it after the first director of the museum. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. correct. So, so you can name it after people, and we can name it after yeah. people. But we don't name it. We cannot name it after after ourselves. Oh, what cannot? We can't. So if you want to have it to name after your yourself, right? You need to get somebody else to do it. Oh, oh, I see, I see. Yeah. So, so it's just, it's not a, uh, it's just an unwritten rule kind of thing, like, is it? Or, or is it? Something like that. Okay, yeah. Or okay. you can name it after your mother or something. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, okay. Just not yourself. Oh, not yourself, yeah. name yourself. Like. Yeah, okay. correct. <laughs> so, so, like, when, when you know, uh, you said the other researcher emailed you because you had put some pictures out online. Mm. But throughout the whole process, you had this cockroach in cap, uh, like in cap, under observation. Is Captivity. It? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's science, bro. Science. <laughs> I'll say, uh, well, we we do have it, but most of the time, I usually deal with the the dead ones, mm. so I don't deal with the live oh. ones. Got it, got it. Yeah, okay. correct. So that is actually how we go about uh, doing our research. Oh, okay, okay. So that means when you found one, you found a few, lah. I found, uh, yeah, a good handful of them. A good uh, handful. So, yeah. what, do you remember that day? How did it feel? Were you like, wow, this is super cool? Or was it too small that, that you, without a microscope, you couldn't observe? Or? I think I know that, okay, this one, I know it's an insect. But I need under the microscope itself, then I can kind of confirm that it's a cockroach. Mm. Yeah. But mm. I was still new to it, but I do know that there's a potential that it could be something very uh, significant in the future. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, oh, right. So, you had that bit of like, oh, I had that yeah. bit of inkling. But that time itself, I was still more focused on termites. Mm. Yeah, so I kind of like, okay, maybe just keep this aside first, right? Maybe once I get in contact with, like, say, an expert who can work on it, then I can work with him or her or to, to, for, the, for the discovery. So, um, so yeah. could you, how could you tell that, that you said you could tell it was a cockroach only under the microscope? Like, what, what is the defining characteristic of a cockroach? There are actually a few uh, features, you know, basically on, like, how their head and their eyes actually look like, mm. like, uh, their legs. So these are kind of the different features to differentiate from the other insects. Oh, uh, yeah. Like at a high level, what, what are some of the things? Not to say I'm going to look at the next cockroach that I, that I have to... <laughs> okay, so I think one of the most uh, prominent feature, but sometimes easily overlooked also, is that when you look at insects itself, right, uh, how their head and mouth actually are positioned, it's kind of like downwards or forward. Okay. Right? But when you look at cockroaches, their head right, in a normal position actually points backward. Back, their mouth so. is actually pointing backwards towards oh. their abdomen. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of like a different position itself, right? And then that's actually a defining feature, uh, would say, you know, to differentiate from uh, other insects. Is it because they, they, they like dig and they need to sort of eat from the, the ground and all that a lot more? That's why that they're one like, is oh. still, um, debatable. Yeah. Correct. Oh, okay. Okay. Correct. okay. But when it comes to cockroaches itself, it's actually one of those, uh, groups that is still highly understudied. 
Mm. Because just like nobody wants people <laughs> only think when it comes to confidence. I want to kill them, but not study them. Oh, so man. when you do see like in public or like you know extended family, you go to the cockroach, they spray the cockroach. Does a little part of you like die inside? Okay, so I can actually kind of like uh put in, uh draw a line between which ones are pests and which ones are not. Uh, oh. yeah. So for those that are killed at home, right, I'm like okay, fine, just go ahead, just kill them all. Right? Because no matter how much you kill them, right, they will, their species will still be alive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So okay, I'm okay. okay with that. But it's the other groups of insects itself, like, you know, that are actually confined to, our, like, say, our nature reserve, but mm. they cannot come in contact with uh, residential areas. Uh, those mm. are the ones that are a bit more concerned that, you know, with regards to conservation, I want to make sure that you no know, these species still continue in the days to come. Uh, yeah. I see, I see. So, so then how did the American cockroach branch off? Are they like, like even does the whole cockroach family look at the American cockroach and be like, hey, you know, you spoil, spoil market, you know, <laughs> you go and make everyone scared. Now, how did that, that branching out happen? Like what makes them so domesticated in that sense as opposed to other cockroaches? This one, I think it goes back many, many years ago. I think probably when humans start to have formed their own civilization. Oh, Yeah, okay. so that one is still, uh, I think we had to go back to the historians right, to get an idea on how it oh, comes about. I see, I see. Yeah, so this cockroach itself, the American cockroach, right, is follows wherever humans go. Mm. Right, you don't really see them in our nature reserve. So they are actually adapted to living in the human areas. Uh, yeah, because one thing when you say you went to the forest to look for cockroaches, my first thought was like, are there cockroaches in forests? <laughs> but it's the more the wild cockroaches. La. Yeah. So American cockroach is really like, it's almost like like dogs. La. You know, they have grown to, to live side by side with humans. Yeah, correct. Oh. Evolution, evolution. Wow. Oh, so you don't find them in jungles? You don't really find them in jungles. At most, maybe say the nature parks that's near the residential areas. But yeah. other than that, no. Mm. And the reason is because of what they eat or... Yeah, they being, what they eat. What do they, what do they eat? So typically? for your co- the American cockroach, right, you just eat anything that the human eats. Uh, is it? Yeah. So they're basically like humans in insect form. <laughs> Or maybe, but maybe in a more worse state, uh, anything that's rotting, as, as long as something that's edible, they'll eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, and because us humans, we eat a lot of stuff, right? And at the same time, there's a potential food wastage also. Yeah. So all yeah. this will become like food for your cockroaches. And feces, oh. feces as well, and all, and all that. Anything right? that is potentially an organic matter for oh. them, they'll eat. Oh. I see, I see. So then, you know, when you hear the things that, oh, cockroaches will survive a nuclear holocaust and all that, mm-hmm. is there any truth to that? Like, are they that hardy? Like they that? are that hardy itself. The American cockroach or cockroaches in general? Uh, I mean, I would say the American cockroach, but I guess you can also apply to the other cockroaches also. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, the American cockroach will be the most hardy among the cockroaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. correct. Since they actually adapted you know, to survive like potential uh, insecticide, pesticide, chemicals that might kill them. Like anything that you throw at them might do try to uh, exterminate them, right? If this yeah. one of them actually survive and populates, right? Then, those are the ones that, oh, okay, you know, I am being adapted to survive that potential killer. Mm, yeah. Oh, so they also evolve quite fast, is it? They evolve quite fast. I think insects in general, they actually evolve quite fast. Mm. It's like a nightmare, yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, we, we talked a bit about like the the discovery and, you know, it was very exciting for you and everything like that. Since that discovery and, and, you know, the media buzz about it and everything, you did mention earlier like, that I think your students have given you a nickname of the, the bug, the bug eater, is it? Or the, oh, <laughs> the bug catcher. The bug catcher. <laughs> the bug catcher. Yeah, <laughs> it was catcher. Like, hey, oh, there different, is. different. Yeah, but, but like, um, like um, what, what else has, has, uh, has changed since you made this discovery? Like? 
I think there's not really much changes. Uh. Just oh, okay. people know that uh, it's, a, it's kind of a big buzz right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I think it's slowly dying off also. Mm, mm-hmm. I see, I see. So, but I mean, like, as in, do, do you, has the international community of people interested in cockroaches, like, they reached out to you and congratulated you and welcomed you into the fold and everything? Um, or is there, or is there not, even such a community? No. Like, I mean, thing. there is a community, but uh, generally, they just see it as a like, uh, normal process on like, oh you discovered a new species oh. but it's actually the Pokemon fans who actually called and congratulated oh. me and Mr. <laughs> Christian that, hey you name it after the uh, Pokemon Feramosa yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. but as, as, has it made Singapore a more attractive destination for people to come and observe insects and all this like how you know how now like Coldplay coming, coming to play in Singapore six days in a row oh Singapore is very attractive then Taylor Swift also coming six. does it do that for, for cockroaches or so after what you did I am not sure that one still <laughs> remains to be seen okay yeah okay. because I think you still have that barrier to overcome you know cockroaches uh, are being a bad uh, a pest right so uh, you want to change that perspective it's going to take time I see, I see. Yeah, so, probably so, it may take a few generations oh, okay so Sidney yeah. why do you think it's important for people to study cockroaches I know you're saying it's it's not the most popular insect to study mm. but like from the, the more you study what what is the magical thing about cockroaches that we're all missing and why you think there needs to be more study so for cockroaches they are in the ecosystem they do play a part in nutrient cycling mm. so uh, especially with regards to the wood the nitrogen right so uh, and if I were to put in the taxonomic terms like cockroaches are not just the cockroaches but also include the turbines Okay. Yeah. Okay. So they're actually very important to make sure that our forests, you know, they are fertile, they are healthy. Right. So without them itself, you know, usually when it comes to say breaking down of wood material, because most of the cockroaches in uh the wild cockroaches are actually eating uh, woody materials or mm. say uh plant materials. So without them itself, right, it's gonna take a long time for this uh organic material to to rot, to decay and to break down. Mm. So mm. having cockroaches and the termites together, they will actually speed up the process. Mm. Yeah. So otherwise, you know, if without them, I think you can foresee in the future there's a lot of rotting uh, wood around and then it's going to be very smelly, oh, right? And things mm-hmm. are going to be a bit more, uh, say, hazardous, you know, in terms of, like, say, there's a wood material here that it's going to take a long time. Then the soil is not going to be fertile. We won't get our forests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is there anything in particular that you find, uh, like, fantastic about cockroaches? Because, you know, like, ants, we hear there's an ant colony, mm. you know, there's so much study, like, oh, the ants, they work in communities. And anything about cockroaches that you've noticed that is a, like a little known fun fact that, that awes you? Um, so along along the way, right, uh, other than this nauticular pheromosa that I, I found, there's another cockroach I find what we know as the peel cockroach. Peel? The peel cockroach. Okay. Yeah, so why it's called a peel cockroach is very similar to the peel bug. Right? I mean, in terms for the to defend itself, you mm. roll it into a ball. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, one thing unique about this is that usually when people talk about cockroaches, they always say, oh yeah, they are black, they are brown, reddish brown in colour. Right? Because this is actually being uh, projected by your American cockroach or mm. say the German cockroach. But this pure cockroach is actually under the light itself, it's actually iridescent. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So that actually fascinates me that, you know, co- not all cockroaches, cockroaches are just black and brown. Some yeah. of them are actually pretty colourful also. Uh, yeah. And uh, during my research for it also, I found out, you know, this cockroach is actually very similar to mammals to us humans. Yeah. They suckle their young. Uh, oh, Co- what, really? what? Cockroaches wow. do that? <laughs> yeah, apparently. Oh, there's cockroach milk or something, right? Uh, yeah, that one's a different cockroach, but that one we also do have a species in Singapore too. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, but, yeah, <laughs> okay, but we'll before on, that. Yeah. So, we get to learn that this is the only cockroach among uh, the other insects that actually suckles their young. Yeah. Yeah, so it's actually very similar to mammals. 
you know, how we actually sucker our own uh, uh, babies mm-hmm. itself. So it's like, hey, this is interesting. A cockroach can actually, in a way, have a same reflection of humans or mm. say mammals in general. Yeah. So we get, we, but that how it was being discovered was because we look at the mouth parts and the body parts of the maternal cockroach and mm. the babies and we see, hey, this is how it matches. Then it's probably, this is how they actually grow up before they start going out on their own. Wow. Yeah. Oh. So that means they drink an equivalent of like some, some liquid secretion. Yeah, correct. Wow. So cock- that cockroach has nipples. Uh, they don't have nipples, but there's a certain outlet for them to produce that f- uh, fluid to feed the young. I see. Wow. Yeah. Does that make you more like, uh, you look at cockroaches and does that like make you feel like they've more of a soul and they're more, they're more human-like than you ever imagined? Like so you far, look at them no. differently, no? So no. far, I don't have that. Okay, okay. I just still kind of curious, you know, what kind of uh, other behaviours that they have, what kind of development they actually go through also. Got it, got yeah. it. So are they more like, because, you know, like, um, when you look at a dog, say, you know, you, the dog has eyes, can look at you, you can look at it, um, and there is that sort of connection. Like, with insects, do you think that in some way you see them similarly, they're both organisms, or do you feel like insects are more mechanical almost, like little, little robots? I would see them more as like animals and organisms rather than robots. Mm. Yeah. So it's very similar to how you see, like so say uh, a kid, right? Sees a, a pet animal like a dog or cat, right? Curious about, you know, uh, trying to coexist with it, right? Mm. What does it do? You know, how you play with it. So for me, I'm also like kind of see that from the same perception. So when it comes to insects, right? You know, how does it grows? Right? How does it attack with the environment, right? who are his predators or who he actually might parasitize, so on and so forth. Mm. So I want to know, you know, it's actually a full life cycle, actually how it grows uh, and continues the next generation. I see, I see, I see. Mm. But are, you, are there any examples of a human-insect connection like, you know, you see in, in mammal pets? Human connection? Um, like, you, you, I mean, I don't know, it recognizes your scent or or recognizes your voice or something like that. Or the, the cockroach, you let it go and then after it comes back to you at the end of the day, that kind of attachment. Mm, so far, no. no I don't think so. Oh, no. Yeah, correct. Oh, yeah. What I was just thinking wondering. of a pet? Uh? No, I was just thinking like like a pet cockroach. Because, I mean, it, it, it is one of those things that even I've also thought about my, my whole fear of it and like why. Uh, and then, you know, now there's a whole movement towards like eating insects. Oh, uh, yes. Which we also understand is something that you are interested in. Yes, edible correct. insects, right? Um, so so where where are we on that and how well, like what made you get interested in it given that you you study insects so I think it first started off because of this line say you are what you eat so me being an entomologist itself right so I study I search all the different kinds of insects maybe say discover new species and then along the way it's like maybe something else I need to do is to eat them also I want to get mm. a better understanding of what I'm studying oh. yeah so I thought you know along the line you are what you eat and then I was like okay uh, I get to know from my colleague, you know, who he brought back some uh, bamboo worms. And I thought, mm. okay, that was my first time I tried. And I thought, hey, this is actually not so bad. Yeah, but uh, at the same time, in parallel also, I also get to see in the future, you know, uh, when the human population grows, right, there is going to be more competition for food. Mm. Right? Mm. So I was like, hey, I miss you. What other alternative sources I can get? Mm. And now I think, hey, actually protein from insects may be a good alternative source. Mm. So I thought, okay, maybe I should try to get myself adapted to eating insects uh, in the future. Mm. So I thought I'd try to all the different kind of insects from uh, ants, uh, crickets, grasshoppers, water bugs, scorpions, and tarantula also. 
Yeah, so after okay, maybe you get used to it, you know, get to know which one I like best, which one I don't like best. Because usually when it comes to food, like there are some food that you, um, I don't want to eat them because yeah, yeah. they are disgusting or they don't really uh, fit your taste buds. Yeah. So I get to know which insects itself I prefer, which ones I don't like. So which one's your favorite? <laughs> What's your jam? Uh, <laughs> I think in general itself, I would I wouldn't say I have any favorites. Okay, but you say if uh if I can go for it first itself, I will go for like I think in general maybe crickets because like they taste more nutty, you know, like peanuts. Mm. Oh, okay, like, uh-huh. but the other one that will be not generally it's not quite an insect, but your tarantula, right? It tastes like crap. Crap. Really? Yeah, it tastes like crap. Oh. Even then Gordon Ramsay also has uh, tried before and he also did mention, hey, it tastes like crap. Then why do people eat it? Like just, just sort of protein or, or what? Is there another, uh, another alternative source for protein? Okay. okay. Yeah, so, correct. So usually, you know, uh, both the early humans, right, usually in the, what, like stay in the forest, right, having to seek out for protein sources for other animals is not, not that easy. Mm-hmm. Right? And the most, say, uh, available uh, form of protein is your insects. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so then that's actually how they actually go about uh, eating insects. Then this has actually been passed down to many generations of humans. So, so where have you tried all this? I tried it from. I got them from Thailand. Thailand. Uh, yeah. Okay. So okay. when you buy it, I mean, like, uh, you as in you try it in Thailand or you you uh, both. But I first actually got them to be shipped to Singapore. And then mm. you cook it yourself. Uh, they are actually already grilled or say oven baked ready. Oh. Yeah, so it's already uh, pre-packed and ready to eat. Oh, ready to eat. And you can wow. get it from like very niche suppliers or pretty easy to get in Thailand? Uh, I would say it's a pretty niche supplier. Okay. Right? And this one is kind of like, it goes, uh, ships to other countries also. So it's kind of uh, has international shipping. So mm-hmm. so when you come, it's basically a big snack, like any other snack you open and then like the tarantula, it's in pieces or it's... Oh, the tarantula is actually a hole. It comes in a can. <laughs> it comes in a can. Yeah. And it's can. baked. Um, I would say maybe about, you know, a palm size. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that is uh, how big it is. But so it, what is multiple in a can, is it? Just one. Or Apparently, just one. tarantula is actually one of the more expensive uh, edible insects to be eaten. So it's it's, it's grilled or baked already? Or yeah, it's uh, baked. Oven it's baked. crunchy. Yeah. Do they give you like, oh, you put some <laughs> butter on it or something like that to make it taste better? Uh, they, what they it? did it was actually to just put a sprinkle some salt for it so, then the rest okay. of it is up to you on how you want to cook it or put into your dishes so, oh. so these tarantula that you eat they are harvested or like they are farmed yes correct oh they are farmed in Thailand they are yeah. farms oh and it's, I'm guessing it's a particular species of tarantula uh, yes correct so with all the the hair the, removed already la. well when you cook it yourself like, the hair will get burned off Oh, okay, oh. Okay. Yeah. so but in recent years, I think Singapore uh, as a whole has been looking at this space of like uh, eating uh, insects, like right, right. Um, like what? Where are we at in terms of like you know making this a bit more common and and offering it to more people who want to try it? Also, like so, uh, SFA has already approved the sixteen species. Okay, right. So I think probably the sale of insect would, could start you known in the later half of this year. And, mm. and the 16 species are like what? Uh, there are uh, crickets, grasshoppers, uh, silkworm, uh, as well as some beetles. Mm. Yeah. Okay, correct. but no tarantula? Uh, no, no tarantula at this point in time. Okay. okay. Yeah, mm. because I think I suspect is, you know, because tarantula uh, together with like, scorpion, they are actually uh, venomous animals. Yeah. Uh, right? yeah. So uh, maybe at this point in time, you know, it's not really say, uh, not to introduce too many possible implications, right? Mm. So maybe that was not the least. 
I see. Mm, yeah, so they go with something more common. Usually, it's the crickets is the most common kind of uh, edible oh. insects. And and where, what sort of styles have you seen it being cooked besides grilled or baking? Um, some of them actually you will fry it, oh, right? Okay. So they most of the time they always tend to fry it or bake it. But some of them will come into like a brine solution. Mm. Oh, mm, yeah, a brine solution. Brine. Wow. Oh. But so so how do you think like um actually what what so you've been trying this bug eating out yourself like right yes um like and overall how do you think uh the majority of the public in Singapore will take to you know these new types this new protein being introduced so I think uh well at least online most people are like kind of like uh averse to eating them right mm. yeah you know because when it comes to insect people are like oh I'm having second thoughts or third thoughts about it itself, right? because yeah. insects are like pests or something but with uh, some of the survey I, I've done uh, together with the museum also mm. you can see that most people are actually open to trying open to trying open to trying right? only maybe a small group I like say no I will never touch insect as mm. a food mm. yeah, but most people are actually open to trying Right, but I think it would take some time for people to get used to having it to be incorporated into their daily diet mm. yeah, yeah. When, that means like like let's say you eat nasi lemak instead of peanuts, they offer you crickets. Yeah, oh, old chunky lah, old chunky. You got baby squid, you got squid head, and you got the spiders. Tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, Penang actually did try that. They have the Penang uh, saga worm fried rice. Mm. Oh, yeah, mm. correct. So I think that's is starting there. I think maybe Johor Bahru also may have also started somewhere. Okay. Yeah, mm. I think in the past actually there are some Singaporeans who actually travel to Malaysia to actually eat insects. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So I think that was in 1995, right? And the particular insect they go for was termites. Ah. Uh, yeah. But so apparently, if you eat the termites, right, you say, oh, you can help to relieve your headaches or muscle aches. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. But, but, they're, but no, they're, they're small. So. They're tiny, right? They're tiny. So, so then for you, is it like inevitable that it, uh, insects, it is going to be a big part of our diet in future? Or you think it's still one of those that will always be on the side kind of thing? Uh, at this point in time, I wouldn't say it's a replacement, mm. but it would be actually an alternative option for us. Mm. But maybe in the years to come, when it comes to, let's say, 2040 or 2050, right, we have to be prepared that you may have to be the one to replace our diet. Mm. Yeah, because when, as we know, uh, the human population on Earth has reached the 8 billion mark uh, last August. Yeah. Right? So when it comes to, as the years goes by, right, the human population will keep growing and growing. Right, we're going to need more land, right? Or let's say more spaces to grow our food. Yeah, yeah. So once you reach twenty fifty, we actually will know that hey, we won't have enough land to feed all the different mouths mm. on earth. So we can't continue grow chickens or your pigs or your beef, right? Yeah. So we need to have another ways to source out for our protein, okay. and that will come from your uh, insects. And it's a lot more uh, cost effective to farm, also, right? Less resources are actually needed to farm them. Yeah, mm. and there's I think less ethical issues also. Are there ethical issues around? Because you know, like mm. that people talk about you're you're killing a cow. You know, you can have a born with a cow. Insects does that ever come up? Like it's another living thing. So far, no one really talk much about it, right? Uh-huh. So, uh, it's when it comes to like mammals and stuff. Yeah, maybe there's some ethics involved, but when it comes to insects, not so much. Okay, yeah, okay. but there might be people who are talking about it. To about saying, you know, make sure that your insects live in a proper condition, right? Mm, mm. Uh, before you actually uh, go ahead and kill them. And we want to kill them, right? Uh, make sure you kill them uh, as fast as possible. Mm. Yeah. So, but the, I mean, for you, like, given that you dedicated your life to studying insects, right, as a as a profession, 
And then the act of eating them is like, like you say, like it's you have to kill them and basically mm. treat them very differently from how you would be studying them. Like, do you? How do you? How have you come to terms with these two um, almost like contradictory stances on? Um, I wouldn't say it's contradictory, but okay. it's also when it comes to like say doing my research work, so mm, right, mm. Uh, especially when it comes to invertebrate and insects itself. Uh, I think what thing is kind of overlooked is uh, we call it like the necessary evil. Mm, yeah. Okay. So in, in comparison, right, when you say study birds and or mammals, right, it's actually pretty much there. It's an ethic code to follow. Mm-hmm. Right, you make sure that you know there's no harm comes to these animals. Yeah. Right. But when it comes to insects itself, there's no ethics to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, correct. And in order for us to say to name a new species itself, right, they actually have to die. Uh, yeah, because yeah. we need to dissect them, you know, to find out okay what part is different, whether we can actually name it as a new species and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Yeah. So in a way, they kind of have to die for us. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So we're having to go through that itself, it's like, okay, and it kind of like gotten used to it. Uh, yeah. Is there any talk about whether insects are considered vegetarian? No, right? Like the act of eating insects is vegetarian. Is it suitable okay. for vegetarians? Or? Oh, I see. Well, no, I, right? wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's uh, suitable for vegetarians. Because it's still meat. It's still yeah, meat. because of the muscles inside. Yeah, so I guess... You're trying to think of new new diet for Every your vegetarian Tuesday, Tuesdays. I'm like, yeah, Because <laughs> <that's> <laughs> he, he, he's vegetarian once a week, so ah, we, okay, it's yeah. always a, uh, quite troublesome to find options it's for him. It's not, okay? It is not <laughs> troublesome and he's just making a fuss out of it. I guess um, if you want to, say, uh, draw a better perspective, I think you should just compare it to, like, say, eating your crabs or your prawns. Oh, that's like, You can't okay. really eat prawns or crab and then insects don't. Okay, okay, but, okay. But, but so that's the thing I was asking because like uh, you know I, you know those people who do recreational diving like, right mm. uh, of course diving is a, it's a very beautiful act that allows you to immerse yourself in a whole other world of these animals and get up close and personal but there's a very strong thing is oh you cannot touch them you cannot like don't even like touch the coral don't even come in contact with them and things like that like, right you can appreciate them from afar but don't don't touch them and 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 harm them and all that, right? Mm. So you but for but you're saying for insects right now there isn't that much of a uh even if you want to study them and all that you don't have to think so much about the the ethics of not like uh you know hurting the colony or anything like that yet la. Mm. So that's in general, but of course there will be some insects that will be no okay they are endangered they are rare. So okay. those are the ones that okay we must make sure that we protect them. Uh, okay, like you know okay. for like space or Singapore we have the blue tarantula. Yeah. Right. So that one itself, right? If you can, you cannot collect them. Okay. Right? okay. You cannot actually go away about killing them. So if you are caught killing, you'll be uh, be fined or maybe prison for it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, there'll be certain cases right with those endangered ones. Uh, those are the ones that are off. Uh. You can't really touch, like, mm, right? Mm, so yeah. for others, right, maybe still can. Uh, yeah. I see, I see. So, so, but there's no like, oh, think of the perspective of the insect and how he's feeling and stuff like that. There's no, there's no discussion. The stress, like, you know, can the insect be stressed and all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, so no, far, okay, no. okay, okay. So, so, I, as in, as in that, that, that helps to solve some kind of like ethical, ethical leap when it comes to eating insects, like, like people don't have to worry so much about ethical. So you're saying about all those friends who tell you they are vegetarian because they love animals. Yeah, yeah. You'd be yeah. insects, how? Yeah, insects. You love insects or not? Yeah. You want yeah, to cook, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, we go eat insects now, you know? Yeah. But if you say uh, in, I would say, you know, when I say to my friends or say students, I say, you know, you see insects, edible insects, right? See them as like, you know, you're eating prawns or crab. Mm. Okay. Yeah, the same perspective is pretty much, I think there's no change or regards to anything that could be conflicting in your mind. 
Ah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, because mm. I, I tried, I, I've, I've thought about that. Lah. Like, okay, prawns, when they're very small, I don't feel anything when I eat them. But as they get bigger and bigger and bigger, then you've seen those mukbang videos online where they eat those giant crabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I start to feel, it's very weird because they eat the flesh that's almost as thick as a baby's arm and everything, you know? Then it starts to feel a bit strange to me. Lah. So I, I, I was just struggling to think about why is it that the small one, okay, but then the moment is a bit bigger that I oh, cannot already, you know? Because just now you mentioned that insects also have muscles, like similar kinds of muscles or they're fundamentally different? Similar kind of muscles. I mean, just muscles in general. Mm. Yeah, correct. Because anything for animals need to move, you need to have muscles. Mm. Yeah. So, just call them muscles. It's pretty much the same. And they have a circulation system and they have a heart and... Yeah. Uh, like, it's it's similarly, funda- similar fundamentally. Yes, la. correct. Mm. So, mm. You, you are, you're an advocate for eating insects. La. Is it you? Um, I wouldn't say I'm an advocate itself. Okay, okay. Right? I guess I want to cre- at least, you know, increase our awareness, you know, uh, when it comes to edible insects, right? It's actually not so bad as you, one person, a person might think, ah, right? Okay. I think the other part is also, you know, how is it actually, you know, in line with, say, food sustainability mm. or Singapore's food security? First, I think this one is not really being uh, broadcasted to the public yet. Yeah. Right? People know, okay, we have edible insects, but how it plays in sustainable uh, movement is not uh, really fully linked up. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I see, I see. And, and just now you mentioned there was that cockroach milk thing, which is a separate thing. What What is that? Oh, okay. So I think there were actually a group of scientists who actually discovered, you know, where can they source up a more potential nutritious kind of protein. Right. Usually, you know, milk is kind of like a staple drink for some of the mm. human population. So, how can they actually go about, you know, try to say, uh, help people who are actually starving? So, maybe get something more nutritious. Mm. And they actually discover, you know, that this uh, Pacific bitter cockroach, right, produces milk to feed its uh, young ones. Mm. And they find that it's actually more nutritious compared to cow's milk. Really? Oh. Yeah. So, they thought, okay, maybe let's try to see whether we can use biotechnology and would replicate the same kind of uh, milk uh, so uh-huh. that you can feed the humans. Yeah. Yeah. But at this point in time, it's still quite far-fetched. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And, but the, we actually do have that Pacific bitter cockroach in Singapore mm. too. So you'll be first in line to try the cockroach milk. I mean, I wouldn't mind. Even insects. <laughs> would you try eating insects? I think I've eaten already. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but actually just, so when you go on social media, then you see this person who went to some restaurant then they or they found one cockroach inside the, the dish or something like that and then they make a big fuss about it. The, are you like, ah, please lah. Just like, eat. Be, yeah. What's the stigma? It's just it's normal. Like, yeah. uh, so, uh, usually it comes to like say your know, hawker food or restaurant uh, food right? you see yeah. uh, insect in there itself. Uh, usually it will come to like say cockroaches uh, or maybe say some beetles, <laughs> right? So, those in general, I would say, you know, uh, could be potential hygiene issues, really. Hygiene, hygiene issues, yeah, okay, because okay. I don't know, those are actually the pest types. Yeah. yeah uh, so, that's, if it's a hygiene issue, okay, then you should really inform the uh, the, the shop itself, you're saying, hey, there's a potential problem with the food. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, okay. Don't go ahead and start, uh, just, oh, edible insects in Singapore, just start eating <laughs> more. <laughs> but you don't want to harm yourself uh, in the long run or in the short term or so. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so, you're not against, like, the fact that yeah la, when if if you were reported at a restaurant for having pests and all that, they might get shut down, and it's not that's not an overreaction. Not converted la. into like uh, future <laughs> yeah, thinking, no, uh, not progressive <laughs> progressive <laughs> protein uh, we are planning. We're incorporating it now. You know why wait till twenty forty? So it's not an overreaction la, when 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 the authorities shut down these places. Yeah, correct. It's not an overreaction. Okay, so. okay, okay. Because you you need to have a like a black and white. You know to know okay which ones are say are under the approved list and which mm. ones are not. 
Okay. So that actually requires people to, you know, get an understanding or at least know, okay, which ones are the bad ones, which ones are the good ones. Mm. Yeah. So at this point in time, I think in general, most people would just assume, just kind of like generalize that all insects are bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think it will take a while for people to learn, you know, how to know uh, which ones are good, which ones are bad, right? How you see like animals, which ones are the good ones, which ones are going to be potential problems in the future. Mm. Now, like say our long-term cats, or sometimes in some cases also we're talking about the uh, oriental pike hornbill that coming to our residential estates. Ah, mm. yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, like, uh, is there, you know, just so you mentioned that you do the surveying um, and um, you go into jungles and you try and like capture insects. Mm. Is there is there a dream place or dream forest in the world that you would like to one day go there and do that sort of surveying? Actually, no. Not any potential dream place. I think my dream would be, say, going to every single place and then just find all the different kind of insects. Mm. Pretty much, you know, like how uh, people who play Pokemon, right? When yeah. go to all the different areas and just fill up the entire Pokédex. So that's oh. actually my main dream. Like uh, every forest in the world? Yeah. But specific to rainforest or any kind of forest? Anything itself. As long as I can just, as long as I can find all the different kind of insects, like document them, catalog them, I'm good. Has there been any um, one place that you have go, gone to that that sticks out in your memory? Be it the thing you caught there or... I think for now, I think at least the closest one actually to go to Malaysia. Mm. Right, because there is a particular mantis that I, is part of my bucket list that I want to to find. Mm-hmm. So really, yeah. it's like Pokemon, uh. Yeah, really like Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that mantis itself is actually uh, iridescent also, right? Uh. So although we are very close to uh, Malaysia, but this species is not found in Singapore. So oh. that is something I'm very curious about. You know, why is it not found? Is it maybe because of the the waters around that separates the land mm. that could actually have caused that? So having if I able to find it itself, I think that will be another interesting discovery for Singapore. Mm. Do, oh. do you ever find yourself like uh, is is an entomology and insects always on your mind, like wherever you go, uh, or do you do you actively like switch off or switch on? It's always I think you could say it's uh, on twenty four hours. On the four hours, yeah. So every time when I say do my work or if I say I play games or do my own drawings, then I receive a message from someone, hey, can you help me identify this? Is this a potential problem? Is this going to be affecting my health? Or how do I get rid of it? I'm like, okay, let me find out for you. Oh, because you're that friend, like, is it your dead <laughs> yeah, friend? Yeah, that friend with the expertise. Uh, yeah, <laughs> correct. Uh, so I was like, once in a while, I'll get that itself. Then I just go online, like looking at, let's say, uh, you know, people who do urban farming, but they do mm. encounter... Uh, potential human animal conflict, and that is actually the first time they see like uh, insect coming to their, um, say their vegetables or their fruits. Oh, I see. So they always say, hey, you know, oh yeah, let me get rid of it. But I just want to make sure aware. You know, sometimes they could be killing potential helpers also. Ah, uh, oh, yeah. so, okay, okay, okay. So, like in terms of uh, educating more young people about you know the various things about you know whether it's the food nutrition, food sustainability, mm-hmm. or even just more interest in cockroaches, for example. Like, what what do you think we could do more of in Singapore? Given that, yeah, we are, we, are, we are moving in that direction of, you know, having, introducing food species, uh, like uh, insects as food. And also now that there's like this buzz around the discovery you made and all, um, what, can, what can we do more in Singapore to get like people interested and not having... Just the misconception that oh, all insects are dirty and scary and all that. Uh, that one, I think, I also always been thinking about you know, how to go ahead with it. 
But I think the discovery of the new Pokemon cockroach, I think that's already our first mm. step already. So at least get people to know to draw in uh, relation to the game. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. correct. So a at least something positive uh, experience. Yeah. Mm. So I think it basically we have to start from from young, right? Mm. So I guess uh, usually in schools it's already more or less uh, having to be kickstarted. You know, get people to be interested in biodiversity, right? People mm. do have like say mini eco gardens in their school, so students mm. get to know. Okay, you know that they they draw a, a better relationship with the animals or the plants. Yeah, flora mm. and fauna. So from there, I guess uh, they get an idea, you know, that uh, you know, when it comes to animals, right, not all of them are bad. They get a better understanding, mm. right? Because I think maybe say some of the older generation, right, they have a more distinct uh, line, like, okay, this is humans, these are animals. Mm. So they cannot say, you know, uh, have a better positive experience with animals. So when it comes to animals, they always think as, as a potential conflict. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's, that is also understandable, right? Because in the past, they are, they are farmers. Right, mm. animals will come by. They destroy your crops, yeah. right, mm. and lower down your profit. So they yeah. see animals as something that is, uh, say, detrimental to them. Uh, but now at this stage, I think it's changing. So yeah. people get to know, say, hey, uh, animals are actually we have to coexist with them. Yeah, mm. yeah. So it's always start with educating. You know, get to know about you know being open. Okay, what is there out there? Right, how do they actually interact with us? Mm. Yeah, mm. and don't be so quick to say, you know, uh, say you want to exterminate them or you want to alienate them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like dogs. La. You know, last time when we had kampongs, dogs is generally seen as like, oh, annoying pests or they mm. just kick them around. So now, you go, last time we walk in the park and then people see dogs, they're, ang chang, ang chang, or go away, you know, dirty dog. Now you see people pushing prams with dogs and then wearing <laughs> costumes in it. La. Do you think, uh, do you envision at any point in time people be carrying around like their pet cockroaches with like little ribbons on them and then bringing them to school show and tell and all? I don't think so. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, I think if you want to dress up uh, insect itself, it's going to be very, very difficult. Uh, yeah, 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 but I guess Potentially, you could be, you know, carrying them in like a container, mm. you, know, like you go around with it itself. I think there are also, uh, like say in China, right, people are bringing out, bringing out their aquarium fishes, their goldfish. Ah, yes. Yeah, so. I've seen that. I guess it's a possibility. As in bring out when they go out, like bring a dog for a walk, they bring a goldfish yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. A lot of different, more more types of animals that people are bringing out for walks now. Mm, a lot right. of time, birds, they put on the shoulder. I think one long-term play would be training adults to not be so scared of cockroaches <laughs> and insects. Because then, if I have a kid in future, I have to tell myself, you know, don't freak out in front of a cockroach if I don't want them to grow up scared, right? Yeah, correct. Mm. Ah. But it's still a hygiene issue la, if there are that many cockroaches. But yeah, but you don't need to like start freaking out and shouting and like trying to spray the shit out of it and all that. Correct, yeah, yeah. You know? So one thing I wanted to ask is um, during say a pandemic like COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Because there was a lot of focus on like solving the the disease and all. How how did that impact the world of entomology? Did did you find like... um, because I know there is a lot of uh, benefit to studying uh, entomology. And even, you know, you always get people saying, why you don't study outer space? The world itself, there's so many problems, but you get a lot of benefit from there. Mm-hmm. But during the pandemic, was entomology affected in any way? Or was it was it prioritized? Or was there anything from entomology that, that uh, influenced things outside of entomology? So far, not that I know of. No. Right? Uh, but maybe in a way, it helps the insect population at, at best. Right? Mm. Because you know, you know, people are confined at home, right? they don't go about interacting with the, the nature reserve or the forest. Oh, I see, right? I see, I see. So there's less impact on them. So they can grow. 
Mm. Yeah. But other than that, nothing else. Your own research, your own practice and all, it, it mm. didn't. No. But you couldn't go survey also. Uh, well, limited. Limited, yeah, it's limited. limited. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but the things that you'd be more concerned about are like the forests being cut down mm. or like the underground tunnels being built below forests and stuff. That That's the stuff that really affects biodiversity. Oh, whenever you see new BTO launch, you're like, protest, protest. forest, forest. Yeah, correct. So when this, you know, the different forests are being cut down or being turned into residential estate or recreational facilities, you know, first of all, like, what new insects could be uh, say, exterminated or eradicated or oh. even drove to uh, uh, extinction? Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Because, yeah, in those sort of cases when it's cleared, I mean, not the, the insects are not just going to move out, la, right? No. Yeah. They'll just... They'll just it's and then it's the, pest, it's the pests that all come in, la, right? The, the American cockroach and all if, that. Say the insects is kind of like adapted to the uh, human areas itself, then maybe they can still survive. Oh, but okay. chances are actually very unlikely also. Unlikely. Wow. Yeah. So that means they will still leave the forest, but they won't survive. La. Yeah. Oh, shit. So it's really bye-bye to all of them. La. Yeah, it's goodbye. <laughs> Oh, oh man. So that is why uh, having to do our insect survey is uh, very important for our, mm. us entomologists because we want to make sure that hey, we document all these species so that in time, the future to come, we can actually tell our future children, yeah, we have these species before, but now we don't see it's because you could be actually staying on their land. Oh. <laughs> Guilt trip the future generations. So, so how long has your journey into entomology been? How long? You see, when I start from my, my first pet cockroach, I think it's almost nearly my whole life. Mm. So, I mean, in that sense, you're like one of the rare examples where you found your calling when you were young and now you're just going full on at it. La. Yeah, correct. So, do you love going to work? and like? Uh, oh, yeah, I do. If I uh, stay at home, I'm like, oh gosh, I'm bored. Oh, really? <laughs> I need to go out there. <laughs> so, if you're not surveying, then you're in... In where, so where you, I think if I'm not surveying, I think just be at home, right? Taking time off, like maybe do some drawings uh, or play some games itself. Like uh, Pokemon, Pokemon game will be one. Yeah. yeah. So that would be like my free time. Uh. But I still at the back of my mind, be like, you know, what new species out there? What insect can be coming in? Or maybe when I'm playing my game or doing my drawing, some insect might just fly into in my house. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And then you, then, so, so yeah, I was going to ask that, that sometimes when you see a cockroach fly into your house or something, do you like just stop there and just observe the beauty of how it flies and, and everything? Like, is there a moment where you're like just watching it? Uh, well, you say it's an American cockroach or the German cockroach itself. <laughs> I think I'm like, okay, then I'll just kill it. But you say if other insects come in, okay. yeah, I mean, like, I'll observe it for a while. Okay. okay I can okay. see, you know, anything different about it, whether yeah. is it something new for me. Yeah, then otherwise I'll just catch it oh. <laughs> and get a more uh, deeper examination of it. Got it, got it. So just now when you say drawings, it is specimen drawings? Uh, no, not really. So what I do is uh, in my free time, right, because I kind of see how my work and Pokemon uh, kind of merge or I see in parallel. Mm. So what I do is actually for my drawings, I have like uh, photos taken and then I'll just draw Pokemon on them. Oh. So as if like, yeah, I'm actually having a Pokemon in the real world. Uh, oh. Yeah, it's, it's just for my own hobby. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Shit. How about how about things like watching when you watch Ant Man, Ant Man, and uh, you know the Marvel movie? Oh, right. Like, do you like? Wow, that's amazing! They based it on this this. Uh, oh yes, So or are you really observing every the design of every yeah, character? Yeah, see, you know, we say, hey, which pieces are actually actually inspired from? Or whether is it done correctly or not? Wow, yeah. that's amazing. This is like wow, you really like the quantum mania. 
Yeah. He really lives in that world. Like. He's really observing all the animals in so, that, that so world. So then where do spiders fall on the insects? Because they're arachnids, right? They're yeah, not insects. insects. So um, we just put them under arachnids itself. But people yeah. associate them uh, as insects because I think when people talk about bugs itself, it just covers any any creepy crawlies. I see. Mm. Any yeah. Creepy. So just kind of like a much more general term, just okay, oh yeah, insects is uh anything that uh, has an exoskeleton, mm. right? Jointed legs, right? Yeah. Insects. Then mm. that's it. It's, it's much it's, more easier for at least maybe for the younger people to uh understand uh, what is what. Mm. Is there any one insect that you uh is your like your favorite insect that you think is the most amazing uh specimen? Besides cockroaches, lah, maybe. Mm, then I would say it comes to like say your termites. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I started off uh with my proper research is on termites, right? To see, you know, what kind of termites that we have here. Yeah. So uh in general people always think, oh yeah, termites are your house destroyers or yeah, actually uh destroy your furniture. Yeah. But it's actually much more than that. Right. So uh when it comes to insects, people always think they go about biting them. Mm. But I find out, you no, know, some insects itself or these termites, they have a different mechanism where they actually squirt sticky fluids. Mm. They have shooting guns on their head in okay. order to defend their colony, right? So they are biting ones, they are those shooters, and then there's another one that's a punching one. Oh. So basically, it's, they cause internal injuries to your uh, attacking other uh, attackers, right? So that they can defend the colony. Wow. So that actually kind of amazes me. It's like, yeah, this is kind of interesting, you know, that there are different ways that uh, termites actually go about uh, defending their colony from... They punch. Uh, they punch. Oh, so punch. how they punch is uh, kind of a different... Uh, it's not really as I say uh, hand punching itself, mm. right? So what they do is their mouth parts is actually designed to form like a punching gun or something like that. Okay. Right? Yeah, so it, it snaps and then it actually cause uh, internal injury to your attackers. Really? Wow. Yeah. So is there anything that the more you study insects, the more you learn about Humans. The more I learn about humans. Yeah, or the more it makes you re-look humans. Whether you actually think, hey, the human population is just like an insect population. You know, it, it uh, or anything just, just from from going deeper into the insect world. Mm, so far, no. I haven't drawn that uh, relation so far. No. Yeah, correct. Let's see like, humans, uh, different entity from your insects. Mm. Yeah. So, but maybe in some cases, uh, case like say the engineering field, I guess they can actually draw inspiration on how insects, you know, go about uh, living their life, right? Mm. Then mm. they can actually draw inspiration on how to build the environment for humans. Mm. Yeah. Or the, the, I think there was that, someone, they engineered how to use spider legs. I think they attached a mm. robot to, robot brain to spider legs. They're okay. able to lift stuff that's like way heavier than what you would typically think uh, the spiders would be able to carry. Uh. Oh, something plus the like grip that. or something. Yeah, is yeah, it? yeah, because yeah. of the grip and the, the Oh, the yeah, they, they, have, they use real spider legs. Yeah, like, yeah right? real spider yeah. legs with a robot brain. Because attached, of the yeah. grip. Yeah, 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 yeah so. okay. Some, wow, there's some next level. Next so level I guess uh, maybe uh, they had the interesting aspect when you say our HDB flats itself. Mm, they mm. could actually be drawing inspiration on how termites build that mount. Mm. Once termites itself, you know, Singapore is a very hot country, right? They yeah. really want to have a cool environment. So how do they invent their own air conditioning? So they have a specific design to do their uh, termite mounts, their, their house. So in order for HDB flats, you know, to have that same cooling system, they kind of like mimic, you know, that 
particular system in the termite mounts. Oh, is it? Yeah. Which, which is what? Uh? So usually in a HDB flat, right, there'll be a certain channel, like, especially when it comes to the uh, aircon. Mm. Right? So that channel itself, you notice it's kind of hollow all the way up itself. Yeah. Right? So this actually allows for hot air to rise. So when the hot air rises itself, it draws cool air from the, system, yeah. the surrounding. Oh. So, so it's very similar to your termite mounts also. All the uh, activity of your termites, right, they could generate heat. So that will actually go channel into the central uh, shaft. Right, and then as it goes up itself, it draws the cool air from the, the oh. from the environment into the colony. Uh-huh. Wow! So do you, do you think that when they designed it, it was also uh, partially? I mean, it was inspired by by what they understand about termite termite mounds, uh? Yeah. So oh, as wow. in the termites also have two room, three room, four room, <laughs> bomb shelter, BTO, yeah, BTO, BTO, underground rooms. car park and all, is it? <laughs> BTO queue. <laughs> so different rooms itself for different uh, first, uh, activities. Uh, like you have your nursery, you have uh, the queen chamber. Oh, so they do? They have. And then they have the food uh, growing uh, field, oh, so wow. and so forth. Yeah. So how are they different from ants then? Or, or very similar? They're actually very similar. Very, very similar. similar. But so. different species? Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, wow. So when you meet up with friends and all like or family and all do they always ask you about your profession or like it's more like they've heard enough and they don't want to hear anymore? Uh, not sure about don't want to hear anymore but so far they just ask oh what you're doing you know uh, anything interesting then okay yeah, and then they move on to the next subject. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we were joking about this. Uh, I was half expecting you to bring your collection of cockroaches to the to our podcast and then showing us here. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think that one is uh, a bit of a potential hazard. You know, in case like someone, uh, if I say, uh, could travel on the MRT or on the bus oh, itself, and then oh. some kid accidentally opens it. Oh, oh I think that finished. will cause a huge panic inside. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, yeah, yeah. just now, of all the species you mentioned just now, how come cockroach is never considered for eating? Uh, potentially they can. Mm. They can, but because there's always a negative connotation to cockroaches itself, mm. right? So, so even you will say put it on like a menu, nobody's going to eat it mm. unless they overcome that barrier of that fear. Oh, yeah. I see. Mm. Interesting, yeah. Because I've always also thought if there was a beetle that is the same size as a cockroach, I wouldn't be that scared. It's just a cockroach. Yeah, something about the cockroach. The size and the malleability and everything. And the way it flies and... Hmm. Wow. But wow. That is, that, so if people in Singapore wanted to find out more about the work you do or like the, the diversity in Singapore's insect landscape, what, where can they go look for you? Or look for look for resources. I mean, if they are interested to in, say maybe help out with your survey or your research work itself, right? There are different labs in NUS and as well as NTU. Mm, right? Mm. Each of them are working on a specific, say, uh, topic or say specific group of uh, insects mm, or yeah. invertebrates. So yeah. So like say for the museum, right? Uh, there we do have like internship or say uh, shop job work attachment where people can mm. actually learn about you know how the research work goes on behind the scenes. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. So, but how do they, how do they, like someone goes to a museum and then they want to see, they want to see your work or something that you've done in the museum. La. Is there any way for them to, to no, do I that? guess they can actually go about uh, emailing me. Okay. okay. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, it's on the museum website itself where you can actually email like the different creators to get information about uh, the research work and or the collections. Uh, and what's yeah. your email if you can share it here? Uh, so, it's uh, nhm. Mm-hmm. F-O-O-M at nus.edu.sg so, N-H-M Yeah Natural History, Natural History Museum. Museum Okay okay yeah. And the rest was what again? F-O-M, F-O-M. Yeah Fu M Surname is Fu F-O-O 
And M is his initial. Is uh, yep. we, we can put that yeah. email in the in the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have uh, do you, do, How about social media? Do you use social media to promote your the love for insects? Um. I would do it subtly. <laughs> I do it subtly itself. <laughs> you won't post like a selfie with a cockroach. <laughs> uh, I do, but uh. I don't like, you know, make it like too obvious that in your face itself. Oh, wow. I don't okay. people like suddenly just move away from the phone or drop <laughs> oh, their phone. I see, I see, I see. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, so my social media, especially like say Instagram, right? I show, you know, in the case of like this, the work I do, right? And uh. then I have some Pokemon aspect or so. So it's like try to get something to count down any potential fear or, see, see, uh, okay, yeah. Okay. So at least from there, uh, the Instagram, you can get to know, okay, these are the things that I encounter, you know, what I do with them. Right? And share some interesting facts about the insects that might be around us. Uh, yeah. Do you have oh. dreams of opening up a cockroach theme park in the future or something? No, I never had that. <laughs> well, th- but that's actually a potential... No, because you have cat cafes, you have dog cafes, oh, you have... Like uh, cockroach the- cafe. Yeah, cockroach cafe. cafe. <laughs> Yeah, I think a cockroach touch. cafe would be more of like uh, time for Halloween season. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, people who get themselves frightened to death. Yeah. <laughs> wow, oh, that's, that's uh, cool, be, man. Yeah, the business case for that one. A bit hard. Uh, a bit a bit hard. Need to work on it. I need to work <laughs> on it. massaged a little bit. Uh. Yeah, I yeah. think you need to be massaged a little bit before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Thank, be thanks so much for sharing, man. Like, it's just so many questions answered. Um, And I mean, now normally we end off with the, with the one shock thing segment. Mm. Um. Mm. Uh. Do you have a one shock thing? We can go first. Mm. Uh, and a one shock thing is just something to share with our audience, an article, a song, yeah. or anything. Yeah. Um. So we can go first. Yeah. Uh. Mine is a Netflix show that I've been watching recently called Siren. I don't mm. know if you've heard of it. It's a Korean reality TV show. So if you enjoy Physical Hundred, uh, you should enjoy this one. But the interesting thing that it's about, um, it's an island where six teams of women come together to fight in uh, to compete in various competitions so it's a bit like you know those uh, last time I don't know JC or university orientation then you have your different groups and then you all battle play all these relay games to win points and all that it's kind of like that with six teams uh, six teams of women but the women are each team is from a different profession like they are police firefighters stunt women um, athletes uh, bodyguards and one more I can't remember already. soldier yeah 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 so each of them have like different skill sets la, that mm-hmm. they bring and then the, some of the things that they have to compete in are you know related to surviving outdoors and all so it's actually a, 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 if you enjoyed Physical 100 this is also quite exciting and it does feature some of the, the people who competed in Physical 100 oh really so, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, the females are the females yeah but so, they 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 are competing as a team, la, is it? Competing as a team, and the idea is like you know they they will do a and a battle every day. You know they, where they do some whether it's cutting wood or whatever, they compete in that. Then at night when the siren goes off, they have to go to each other's like bases and s- steal a flag. Oh. So there's the element of like stealing uh stealing oh, a flag, capture the flag, <laughs> capture the flag, protect your own flag, and cap- or capture someone else's flag, la. Yeah, oh yeah. shit! So um, it's interesting. It's, 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 I think Tristan, you watched it, lah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's quite, it's quite exciting. Uh, and uh, yeah, and the some of the women there are really badass, lah. Like, <laughs> I think physical sure. hundred made it look like oh, men surely are the most badass people because they they won a lot of those competitions, right? Mm-hmm. But this one, you really see like the some of the firefighters and all that. They they're super pretty fit, badass. Yeah, yeah. not about super fit. They just 
know that shit well. Uh, yeah. Mm. Know that shit, yeah. Well, okay, my one shock thing is I recently started watching House of Dragon. Finally. Mm. Oh, finally. Mm. Are you a Game of Thrones fan? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, no, no, no. Mm. If not, you'll start, have to start like hunting down dragons or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, so far, I'm one episode in and I can already feel like, wow, this, this is definitely going to be something I'm excited to watch. Mm. And I thought that the actor, the guy from The Crown, who's yeah. like playing the uncle, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. Excellent. Yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and I went in with high expectations. Uh, and so far, yeah, I'm like, oh shit, this is cool. Mm. So, recommend it. Mm. Yeah. So, for me, I would say, you know, in the Netflix series, uh, Love Death Robots. Mm. Right? Oh, so, the one show, episode yeah. that I always replay in my mind is called The Swarm. Mm. Yeah, mm. so mm. I, that, I think it feels that it's a reflection of us human race, right? Now that we kind of see ourselves as being more intelligent compared to other animals. But actually, in fact, you know, we should actually learn to coexist with the animals around us. What was that story? So basically what happened was that there is a so-called uh, a colony, right? There's a queen. So uh, there's one human that's being sent to the oh, colony. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. And actually his main purpose there was not to actually study them, but actually learn to actually try to steal an egg from the colony. Mm. So they can actually make use of the queen to create an, their own army. Mm. Yeah, But along the way itself, the, uh, it actually triggered a certain... Uh, action that actually uh, the colony created their own uh, intelligence mm-hmm. and then they find out you know that these humans are actually trying to control them and then they will actually think they should come up with a plan to actually create their own humans in order to combat and wipe out these humans that are coming to attack them mm, yeah um, I remember that I remember yeah. that that was trippy Oh, nice. Uh, and you always replay in your mind because... I always replay in my mind because it's kind of very similar to how I see some of us humans, right? Yeah. We want to be the one, the dominant species on Earth, mm, right? Mm, mm. So how I see is that you know, the Earth is like the queen and the colony, right? With mm. all the different animals, each of them has the different roles in the environment, right? And then us humans itself, we want to control everything. Yeah. But that is actually not possible. Yeah. Right? And actually, in a way, it also will be detrimental to us in the future. Mm. Yeah. If we want to be the one on top, we won't stay there for long. There is yeah. that saying, right? If you kill off every insect, the world will perish in 50 years. If you kill off every human, the world will flourish in 50 years. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Wow. And then we often forget that like Homo sapiens as a species, actually we've been on this earth for such a short period of time uh, compared yeah. to all of our history. So it is very humbling when you realize, hey, we're only really that tiny little sliver and we've like screwed up the world so much already yeah right. you say that now humbling you see a cockroach you're like fuck you die <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a pest it's a pest yeah I don't know which one is the pest itself and which yeah. one needs to be uh, have a better control over. correct correct yeah, correct, 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 correct. correct but yeah wow uh, cool, congratulations on all the work that you've done that, that you know has created this buzz and, and you know like even the fact that you're here talking about it and all it tells you that there is there are a lot of people who are more interested in this field also. La. So kudos to you for that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thank you for having me here today. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> thanks so much, man. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you. Cool, and thanks for listening, everybody.